I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. I had a girl dinner last night, I think. I don't remember girl what I dinner. had. But it was amazing. I love a girl dinner. I'm obsessed with that new thing. Like, it's it's one of those things where you never know that it's a thing until someone, like, puts a name on it. And literally yeah. everybody's like, I do that too. <laughs> I am girl dinner. And also, yes, that is free because I bought it five months ago. Yes. Girl math. Love that yes. too. Or, like, yeah. divided by how many times you're going to use it. Exactly. Or putting it on your credit card. It's pretty mm-hmm. much free. <laughs> exactly right? yeah that's exactly how finance works totally <laughs> do I not li- like her we are not a- right now <laughs> we are not accredited by the uh canadian bank of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> do not listen yeah. to our advice <laughs> we are not we are not experts in the financial realm <laughs> no, definitely not that is not us anyway tell me financial club babes <laughs> no no oh, i would love a financial club babe to like guide me financially true true true. and it's you you need to sit down with me and help me with my (laughs) i can do that anytime you want i'll help you out i don't know if i know anything that service in the facebook group for anybody who needs it (laughs) Uh, listen i'm not a professional i'm not trained in any way but but dang you know how to budget but girl can make a budget oh (laughs) green hand why do you have a green screen screen hand why do you have two so that i can do green screen things um no because i'm gonna go rake at some point oh i just busted these babies out 
Nice. Just thought I'd show you. Okay. Girls got a rake. Okay. Sorry. What are you, what are you listening, <laughs> watching, doing? Listening. Anything. I finished Foolish Hearts. It was cute, but like, whatever. It was fine. Uh, Emma Mills. Was it a YA? She, yeah, definitely. She wrote um, This Adventure Ends. I don't know. Stars. That paint like green and blue paint oh okay this is sounding splodges stars okay okay okay. that was a really good book she is a good author and I think that book was really good I had read that one but foolish hearts meh it was like about kids falling in love boy boy school girl school they meet because they're doing Uh, a play gotcha 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 um and now I'm reading forever interrupted by our I don't know, friend of not friend of the pod, but like we both seem to read her books just randomly. Taylor Jenkins read. And oh, we're just yeah. like <laughs> I just was like, oh, okay, I'll this is on the audiobook thing. I'll read this. They're always good. There there's always something like from the experiences that I've had with her books, I think I've read like five. They're mm-hmm. always good. Like the, True. you're not gonna be disappointed reading it. You're no, just, like, and I'm already it. not. Yeah. I'm like half an hour into it and I'm already like, this is a great book. Exactly. Good premise. Like she wrote she wrote that Carrie Soto is dead that's literally mm-hmm. about tennis and I read it and it was good mm-hmm. and it was literally mm-hmm. about tennis. I didn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love 15 baby. Match know, point. Yeah. Exactly. Four. <laughs> Definitely not that. Right? Sports? Yeah, totally. That's how tennis oh, works. Okay. okay. What about you? What about you? Cool, cool, cool. Um okay, so I finished shark heart oh my god five out of five so good such a weird concept such a brilliant execution i i don't have enough good things to say about that book she's it gushing amazing. Mm-hmm. so if you if it's on your radar like i don't know why this book hasn't blown up i feel like it just didn't have like um what was that I read uh, Yellow Face, and in Yellow Face, it described a lot of, like, how the publishing world works, and sometimes publishers will actually, like, choose bestsellers before they come out sort of thing, and then they market it as such, so it gets a lot of press, it gets a lot of eyes on it, and people buy it and it becomes a bestseller sort of thing, but I feel like this book just didn't get that, and it's so deserving of it. Like, it's such a well-written book. Anyway, mm-hmm. so if you want, like, a nice little love story book that's got a weird premise, but not too weird, Animorphs Mead, Animorphs Mead, a love story. Yeah, Animorphs Mead, a love story. It is nice. just so good, and it was so unexpected, and I bawled my eyes out, and I loved mm. every second of it. So, yeah. She Starcart. she dropped it off at my house. I've got I gotta pick it up. I told you to move it to the top of the pile. That's how highly I feel about it. Technically, it is on the top of the pile beside my bed. But I want you to start it because it's so good. I want to talk about oh, okay. it with you. Okay, it's I'll, like, I'll it's read like, it. It's even written in like the, the format of the writing is like there's those mm-hmm. short little paragraphs on one pages and that's like a chapter and there's so much like prose and it's just beautiful. It's just really well written. So anyway, good book. Read that. And then I started reading The Rachel Incident. I'm still just like kind of in the beginning. So who knows how that'll go. And then I started listening to Once There Were Wolves because that book. It's got your heart. Oh, that book's got your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, I recommended it to Jerry and Linda. 
And then I immediately bought it because I was like, I, I need to own this book. And then it arrived yes. and I immediately brought it to Linda and Jerry and was like, you guys need to read this book. So Your turn inspired me. inspired me to listen to it. Is it a good listen to? Yeah. No. It's weird listening to it, though, knowing. Oh, what's going to happen? And yeah, like knowing and everything? everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like it starts, it's pretty gruesome, like a pretty gruesome first opener. I forgot about it. It was like my dad Ooh. cuts me open or whatever. And you're yeah. like, oh, true, but true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's good. So cool. And but then I'm excited to finish this book. Ooh, yes. You can read it tonight. I honestly will probably finish it tonight. <laughs> what about well, you? I'm excited to read it, too, but I will finish it maybe Wednesday. But you already broke your rule last week. I broke my. Oh, I did read. I did read ahead before I start editing last week. That is true. Maybe I'll read a Mm -hmm. few chapters tonight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And went last week when we recorded, and I said that um, Waylon was like the only redeeming character, and then immediately (laughs) read week three and was like, "Well, looks like I need to eat my words there." Turns out, not so much. (laughs) Definitely not. I have a, two new babes. Tell them. Tell me them. Zam. So I don't know if that's your real name or not, but that's cool. And welcome. Natasha. Welcome. 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 I got nothing. Show us your dogs, but <laughs> yeah, not your actual. Not fo- feet, though. No feet. The no only grippers. way that you're allowed Keep to your do grippers that to is yourself. When... <laughs> when Rach did that and she showed us, she showed us her dog's dogs. Yes, <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Or Kari, shall we talk about this book? Yes. Long okay. us. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Oh my god, you go first. Oh my god, it's me going first and we're reading week 3 of All the Dangerous Things and we're reading 30 to 45. Okay. okay. We're way backs again. I always when we get to the ends of the books, I'm always like, "Oh fuck, this is this happened in this chapter, this chunk." Okay. Sorry. Um obviously I know. I know. Read it like left- making the notes on Saturday. I was mm-hmm. like, oh God. Oh God. Like so long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last week we left off where Allison had either had accidentally overdosed by suicide or by suicide. One of right. the two. Um, obviously, 
Isabel doesn't really want to go to Allison's funeral because she kind of feels like she's gloating, which is... Uh, yeah, I anyways. think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she can't think of a reason that doesn't sound like she's an awful person and the whole office is going, so how can she not go, essentially? Mm-hmm. Um, but while she's like seems like getting ready or on her way there, she can't shake the thought of the fact that Allison somehow knew about her and Ben. And that maybe this is all her fault or something like that. She is there with Casey and the rest of the office team. And then she realizes, oh, heck, Alice's family will also be here. Everybody just thinks that she's like kind of just scared of funerals, like an irrational fear of funerals or something like that. So she's like, I've got to go get air. But she's really like realizing the gravity of what's going on right now. Yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi. I'm like uh, emotionally cheating on your daughter's husband or with your daughter's with your husband. Daughter. Mm-hmm. And like funerals aren't great to begin with. Mm-mm. Like nobody no. really wants to go to a funeral. And then so having to go and also like it's yeah. just a whole extra layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's not that doesn't seem like my cup of tea. Anyway, nope. so she heads outside and guess who's out there having a butt? Of course, it's Ben. Benethan. Mm-hmm. Benethan. So then, of course, he launches like right into it and he's just like, all the people I've been talking to this week and blah, blah, blah. And all I was thinking about is who I wanted to talk to was you. Uh, I don't like that. Yes. At least you tend. You're at your wife's mm-hmm. funeral. I know. Literally, the, her mom is crying inside. Anyways, he <laughs> knows he shouldn't be saying this, and he says that, like, I shouldn't say this, but life is too short. Um, and then he tells her that being with Allison for the past few years had been a struggle, and that she had her issues, and he knew that she was dealing with um substance abuse apparently um and he knew it was a problem and becoming a worse problem but just didn't know how to fix it and he wanted to confide all of this in her but she just couldn't find he could just couldn't find the best time to do it and i'm just like ew i don't like you right now it also sounds Um, very convenient Yes, yes, also that. And he's just like going on about how he tried to make everything work. And of course, Isabel's response is love and just like, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. So then, of course, what does he do after that? He approaches her, they embrace, and then, of course, they fucking kiss. <laughs> outside the funeral. outside the funeral where literally her mom is like trying to clean up a broken cup and it just sounds awful and chaotic inside as it would be if your daughter had just unexpectedly died so inappropriate oh it's so bad um we leave off that chapter though he's like called back inside the brother seems a little sus which i'm like he he notices the cup with the lipstick on it and everything like that while he's outside brother 
yes allison's brother was like lingered out there a little bit after ben went outside and was like looking around because mm-hmm. she's like hidden mm-hmm. um oh yeah but- she literally homer simpson yeah she's like i'm just gonna sneak he here and to the hedge <laughs> yes and then she was just like her final thought though is he's mine finally Karma is a cat. Mm-hmm. Bring him a not, lap because it loves me. Because it loves me. <laughs> not Allison, or sorry, not uh, Isabel or Ben's, I hope. I hope. Okay, so we're back in the now. Waylon and Isabel spent the weekend recording, and she finds that it's starting to become, like, come more naturally now to her, so that's good. Um, Waylon tells her that he's going to swing by the station first to see if he can catch Dozier first thing. Isabel had told Waylon about her neighbor, um, like, this past weekend when they were recording and stuff, although I don't know if it was on record. Um, And she's starting to feel a little desperate to shift her focus since she's seen herself sleepwalking in Mason's room on all of those videos And she wants to believe that there is another explanation aside from her hurting Mason in her sleep. So she's kind of like just grasping onto anything that she can right now because it's starting to to look like painfully obvious. But she doesn't want that to be true, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Waylon tells her that he will call her after and suggest that they can meet for lunch. She starts watching more baby cam footage after he leaves and she's thinking that she thought all the sleepwalking stopped once she got to college which is interesting because it did once she got to college she just stops sleepwalking entirely so i mean there's probably a lot of stress at her her house growing up etc etc but yeah um the other thing that is bothering her is that when her and ben met she's realizing that she looked like a younger version of Allison. She's seeing hey. this all turn in. Yes. Mm. Um, suddenly, Roscoe is letting her know that someone is at the door. And it's Dozier. And he's asking if he can come inside. Mm. Sunday doesn't add up. No, no. One plus one don't equal two right here. Now we're okay. Obviously, she's stunned slash shocked to see Dozier, Dozier because he's supposed to be with Waylon right now talking about the neighbors. Um, of course, once he speaks, he's just like, just thought I would stop by. You've been calling me. Thought we'd maybe just talk about everything in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she fills him in on the details that she knows about 1742 Caddy Lane um, and that she's very suspicious and she's like I don't know anything about these people and I know everything about everyone she's not really building a case for her mental stability right now um, but she's just saying like I what's with the old dude who was just staring out into the night um, of course then Dozier is like but wait a second, why are you up in the middle of the night? Even as a dog owner, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Yes. So then she like kind of brushes it off. Like, I have problems sleeping, okay? And she's wondering if maybe this guy on the deck saw what happened to Mason. Um. Then 
she or then Dozier tells her that that guy doesn't even live there. So then she just seems like that he's like keeping something from her. So she just decides to threaten him and say, you better tell me or I'm just going to find out on my own. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Good. Yes. And considering considering her bat her track record of literally breaking somebody's nose dozier decides to cut his losses and tells her that the guy's name is paul hayes and he happens to be on parole but he's been a law-abiding citizen for years this is years ago and it was drug charges and also p.s he lives alone he's like so if you saw somebody's either a visitor or you're probably crazy yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and then of course she's just like okay but what about the email i sent you and that weird ass comment like he's in a better place and she's showing him that now it's gone and all of this stuff and she's just he's just had enough at this point and he pretty much tells her that she's inventing clues and is taking a resource taking away resources from other angles that they've been trying to investigate essentially is like leave paul alone i'll call you if i know anything i'll call you when i call you goodbye of all of a sudden isabel has this urge to burst out saying i didn't kill my son i didn't hurt him which doesn't seem like something an innocent person would maybe just belt burst out. Anyways, he obviously turns to her this time with smug eyes and a smirk. And he, and sorry, she knows that in his mind that she knows she's responsible for Mason's disappearance. And then she starts thinking maybe she needs to start believing in that theory as well dozier leaves us off with i never said you did she's not she's not building a good case for her she's not no but then my thought is is it too obvious that's what i mean though like it feels too obvious I, that's and I'm sure there's gonna be a big twisty twist next week. Yes. Like yeah. I'm waiting for it. I know it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. what is the twist that she yeah. didn't do it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So we're back in the then now. The then. So her father told her that the police are going to be there soon. And that so remember last week she had gone downstairs and they found out Margaret had an accident. So her father tells her the police are going to be there soon and that they're going to want to know what happened last night when she tells her dad that she doesn't know what happened he says that's right you don't know you were sleeping so she's been waiting in her bedroom now and she closed the window that was open remember she had opened it because it was hot and she had realized it was open so she closed it she asks her dad where margaret is and he tells her that she's gone and that she's died so the police arrive and they come to question isabel in her room uh the officer asks her some questions like asks her if you heard if she heard anything um asked her if the window was open and she said no and he was like but it was so hot last night and she was like i don't like the smell of the marsh like she's really mm-hmm. trying to you know mm-hmm. 
Um, but but it's weird because she's lying, but she doesn't know what she's lying about. Yeah, this is bizarre, especially as a child. That would be, like you're, yeah. You you're don't like, understand. You're like, yeah. This is all that I know. Like I don't know mm-hmm. anything. Um, and then that chapter ends with a quote that is quote. But somehow, deep down, I know that's not right. I know it's not Margaret he's protecting. Talking about her dad. Somehow, I know that it's me. End quote. Yikes. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Backs in the nows. Well, how could Isabel possibly stop watching the videos of herself, especially now after Dozier has been here? Yeah, she starts wondering if she is crazy and then she decides well to make sure I'm just gonna go back tonight make sure that that creepy old man is on the deck tonight I just want to like dot my t's cross my eyes actually Mm. maybe I would even bring Waylon so that I have a witness that I'm not Mm. crazy Mm. so of course now that she knows mystery neighbor's name Paul Hayes doesn't seem to exist anywhere online. And she also remembers last year when they interviewed him that he was, I guess, forgettable. And she's wondering if it is for a reason that he is portraying himself this way. Um, Obviously, this means that Isabel needs to know literally every single detail about this person um and then she's like oh i guess i should also maybe look into my own sleepwalking issues and maybe quit blaming other people for fucking taking my son anyways i think we know how you feel (laughs) yeah Uh, sorry am i being really rude to fucking isabel i'm so sorry she probably didn't actually do anything and she's i'm assuming she's being framed but we can talk about that later oh yeah anyways (laughs) how you really feel (laughs) well i mean if she did end up taking her son and not anyways true anyways not getting her sleepwalking looked after probably anyways um to interrupt this daydreaming waylon calls and tells her that he just chatted with dozier and she's like wait a second that's not possible um she tells him she sorry he tells her that that he is being cooperative um but sorry i don't have any information on your neighbor and then she's like well those are all confirming your lie sorry (laughs) um she he suggests to grab a quick lunch and that he'll tell her the deets she realizes well shit this means he's waylon has been specifically looking for Isabel directly and that everything has been all calculated into this point and she's left feeling like she thought that he cared about her and she's feeling just, betrayed which I think yeah exactly exactly it is fair um mm-hmm. but now she just wants to know what he actually wants from her mm-hmm. it's interesting because when you think about it like she's a journalist and mm-hmm. these these instincts and skills of like doing the investigation is very like the journalist Mm -hmm. in her I would say and in a way like Waylon is a journalist too and so they're like at this point now they're gonna be like journalist journalisting out journalisting another 
yes it's kind of interesting so like I'm curious as to like to see where that true that dynamic could be cool true Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I keep forgetting that she was a journalist I don't know why like a writer I don't I I guess yeah it's kind of the same thing I would I guess she would make a great journalist if she can do all this shit so yes yeah okay on her way to the restaurant to meet Waylon, Dr. Harris calls her back because uh, she had called him oh, and yeah, he asks if she has time this afternoon for an appointment at 1.30. She wants to hear what Waylon has to say for himself, but she feels like she can talk to him tonight at her house. So she's like, yeah, I'll take that appointment. When she gets there, he asks her how she's sleeping and she says much better. Um, he asks if she's taking care of herself and she says, yes, he's like asking, like, are you doing my Mm -hmm. recommended regime? And she's like, yes. Although she probably literally looks like a, like death and he's like, can see right through her. (laughs) Um, she tells him that she's there to ask him about sleepwalking. She wants to know what triggers it. He tells her that, quote, during stages three and four of deep sleep, it's called disassociated arousal. Some parts of the brain are asleep while others are still awake, end quote. Makes sense. She asks if anyone has ever killed anyone while sleepwalking. And Dr. Harris says, yes, it's called homicidal sleepwalking and tells her the story of Kenneth Parks, who killed his mother and father-in-law in 1987. And this happened in Toronto. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's actually interesting because when we were back in like week one, I think, or week two, Linda and I were discussing the book because she had read further than I had. Remember, I think I'd only yes, read week yep, two. Yep, yep, yep. And we were talking about sleepwalking and I had brought this case up. I'm like, it's a thing. And I told her about this case and she's like, actually weird that you say that because it gets mentioned in the book. And I was like, I'm just weird. smart. Yeah. I'm just fucking mm-hmm. smart when it comes to true crime. Anyway. He also tells her that a sleepwalker could become startled and attack a bystander, hence the saying, never wake a sleepwalker. She then remembers Margaret telling her that her mom said it was dangerous to wake her. Um, And oh, also sleepwalkers rarely remember their episodes in the morning. So that's cool, too. And I feel like this is kind of validating her past for her, like kind of like, oh, fuck because she's never found out i don't think if she actually killed her sister doesn't seem that way definitely doesn't seem that way no um so she decides that she's heard enough and goes to leave but before she goes doctor tells dr harris tells her that sleep deprivation is more dangerous than sleep walking because clearly he can tell she isn't sleeping yeah she's not doing too good and she's like, what are you talking about? I'm totally fine. I've got I got 12 hours of sleep last night. Bye. Got it. Gotta go. See you later. Gotta go. Okay. Isabel is remembering back to the night of Allison's memorial when she heard when she had heard a knock on the door and she knew who it was gonna be before she even opened the door. Of course, Ben shows up. Ugh. I fucking can't Wait, this stand. is the night of Allison's memorial? This is the yes. Oh, yes. okay, okay, okay. Yes, I thought yes. this was She's... the now. I'm like, wait, what? No. I think it technically, technically it is a now chapter, but she's like remembering like back. Now. Yes, yeah, a then now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, of course, it's late at night um, and he's still in the suit that he just buried his wife in. So then she decides to take it off and, well, like, 
obviously they have coitus so the coitus oh. they have they they be fucking let's just say that no yeah okay um obviously ben's first words to her are so like we can't tell anybody um yet though but with time we should we'll, it'll be fine we'll be able to be in love that should be like um, a pretty good indicator that what you're doing mm-hmm. is wrong mm-hmm. yeah it's not, yeah. not right Yes, and maybe this thought also, if you're having this thought, um, she was wondering that if Allison hadn't died, that would Ben have ever chosen her over Allison? She remembers back to all the times that he definitely chose Allison over her. Um, Anyways, that doesn't really matter to her because she's kind of glad that if that is the case, that Allison is dead. So, cool, cool. Those some complicated feelings to be having. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I think that the whole evening just seems like red flag central. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're like pining after a man who has a wife and then his wife suddenly dies, he kisses you at the memorial and then shows up at your house that evening to have sex with you. Those should be red flags. Like, mm-hmm. what is this relationship about if that's what he wants? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. But also Allison's not having like great she's having red flag thoughts too. Like oh, Isabel. Isabel. Oh, Isabel, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's like justifying that it's okay, even though she knows yes. it's not, essentially. Yeah. Which yes. is what she was even doing like before when Allison was True. alive. Because she's yes. like, he's been so respectful and he hasn't made a move on me because like he's a married yeah. man and like that's yeah. a good character. And you're like, no. But is it no? Anyway, he's still having an emotional affair with you. It's not great. Mm-hmm. It's not great for anybody. Isabel ends up telling Waylon that she has a stomach bug and use it uses that as her excuse for missing lunch and also locking herself in her room all day slash night with Roscoe. <laughs> she's like, I'm a little bit like this, so I can't blame her. But she's like, I'm just going to avoid the shit out of this for a while and hope that it works itself out. <laughs> Fair, fair. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I fuck with that strategy, although not healthy, but sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> sometimes. So it's just not worth she it. Wants, she, yeah, yeah. she wants to talk to Waylon, but she feels like she needs to figure out her strategy first, which I can also respect. She's still watching the baby cam footage, and she's seen herself again, but she never crosses the middle of the room, and all she does is stand there. So she's, like, kind of feeling comforted by that, I guess. It's fine. Um, I just stand there for hours on end, but like, (laughs) I don't cross this line, this imaginary line that I've made. (laughs) Uh, So she starts to hear Waylon go to bed and she waits for 20 minutes before she takes Roscoe out of the room. She sees Waylon's laptop and recording equipment in his briefcase because he's left it all in the dining room and this girl cannot resist. Mm -mm. She opens the briefcase first and she finds his wallet. His license confirms that at least he's not lying about who he is. She can see his name and his address. She then finds another copy of Mason's case file, but it is much, much older than the one that she had given him. Um, It's got notes in the margins and coffee stains on it. So she's like, interesting. He already had all this information. Okay, good to know. Keep that in my brain. She puts the briefcase away and picks up his headphones and plays the audio that he was listening to. And it happens to be the interview tape of 
Dozier interviewing her the night Mason went missing. So, okay, she's like, he could be listening to this for the podcast as like research. That makes sense. Um, so she doesn't think that it's too incriminating. Like she's not using that one as a check against him, but she's also like, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm glad to know this. It's like on my radar. She then gets onto his computer um, and she looks through his files as you do. She finds one that is labeled X and inside is a shit ton of pictures of Isabel in various stages of her life. Um, she even finds a photo that is of her and Ben, which is obviously like a paparazzi shot taken from across the bar, which makes her uncomfortable, which I think is understandable. <laughs> yes, very fair. Um, she then decides to check his browser history and finds the True Crime Con article, which she's like, okay, interesting. And then she finds one in his browser history from the Beefort News, which is her hometown newspaper. And the headline of that one is Daughter of Congressman Henry Rett Tragically Drowns in Marsh. So he's like doing his research slash has already done his research about mm-hmm. him, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, what's, what's his deal? Yeah, what is the deal? Why do I don't he know. be lying to her? Why do he be lying? Why do he be doing that? Why mm-hmm. do he be having creepy mm-hmm. photos of her on his computer yeah why yes interesting okay back in the dens um we find out that the police officer that was questioning um isabel was actually chief montgomery and it turns out to be his dad's friend or her dad's friend as well so that's probably oh. not yeah um he's just saying like i'm sorry i had to like question her but i needed to do that for the case files he tells him that he's going to be ruling it an accidental drowning so they've convinced the chief montgomery um and he tries to sorry it almost makes you wonder like these people who are in power like police officers and judges Mm -hmm. and like lawyers and stuff there nobody is totally impartial to mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. because everybody has to have friends and relationships like the only way to make them totally unbiased would be for them to not have friends or family or true. anything <laughs> true true like in that Very area true. you know what i mean like exactly that's yeah bizarre to think about that and think about mm-hmm. like how often people know each other and how that plays into oh definitely no for sure um <laughs> Uh, obviously, the officer tries to comfort um, comfort her dad because obviously they're friends. Um, so it's kind of like painting the fact that like there's a blurred line there, I think. Um, anyways, so she hears him saying like it happens all the time, like drownings, accidental drownings. Like it was so hot out. She probably just went to cool down, blah, blah, blah. You're okay. Everything is okay. I'm so sorry. You shouldn't have to be going through this, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, obviously as Isabella is overhearing all of this, she knows that her dad is lying because they all know that Margaret would never have gone out there on her own. She is then starting to think about how her parents might have found them out there in the marsh and she's picturing it all and it's like all playing out in her head. Um, And she 
is um, like just extrapolating on what her experiences have been in the past and everything like that. It just sounds really sad for her to be realizing as a child. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she just remembers the word that she had told the words that she had told Margaret, which was, I won't hurt you. Oh, sad. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're back in the now. So back to in the dark on Wayland's laptop. She is shocked at what she's reading and she realizes that Roscoe would probably like to go outside, which I'm like, bad, bad pet owner, bad, bad, Mm -hmm. irresponsible pet owner. Anyway, so she takes him out into the backyard and her mind is spiraling. She thinks that she can't trust Waylon at this point and that kind of sucks for her because she, she thought he was an ally. She realizes that if Paul Hayes has the view of her backyard from his porch, the same is true in reverse. So she goes to the corner of her lot and looks over at Paul Hayes' house And she sees the old man in the fucking rocking chair. Avi, she's like, G2G, um, puts Roscoe inside, bolts over. She approaches the man and tells him that they met on Wednesday night. And does he remember? He stares at her for a very long time. And she's probably like feeling uncomfortable because that's weird. And finally, he says, oh, yes, I remember. He tells her that they have met lots of times. And that she's Isabel Drake, full name. They met a couple years ago. She used to walk by at night. He was surprised to see her the other night after everything that has happened. Mm -mm. She asks Mm -mm. when it stopped her walking by. He says that he thinks she knows the answer to that. He tells her it was a year ago, last March. He's sure of it. When she asks, how are you so sure? He says, because she had her kid with her at the time. Mm. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. So is this accurate or is this like a setup? I don't know. I feel like she's being (laughs) framed. But like everybody is got together to go against her. Like literally everybody. Could be like a whole plot maybe especially if maybe if her parents are still like into politics or maybe because ben is so big i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't like it though i can tell you no obviously she runs all the way back home um and like slams herself shut into her room then starts to think that it's getting harder to separate her dreams from reality and then from now so she's having a hard time. Um, all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. It's Waylon. He's like, I know you're awake in there. Why were you outside? Um, he just continued, like, she's not really giving any information. Um, and she he tells her that he feels like there's something that she is not telling to him. Um, and that she looks awful which she then confirms in the mirror. Um, And she then remembers Dr. Harris's warning about sleep deprivation. So I don't know if this is going to come back around. She's just like, "Mm -hmm." she's just, 
like tells him like i'm fine essentially like it's the flu i'm not feeling like this sickness it's got me down um he just tells her that you know you can trust me Uh, then of course she's like well then if i can trust you what did dozier tell you at the station today and he's like oh right um we'll talk in the morning she ends up uh she then um lets that slide and they'll talk in the morning but she listens like she has been for him to go to bed and this time she hears him lock the door oh that sucks uh-huh. that sucks because it's yep. like oh no he yes me. of course instead of sleeping she decides that now is a great time to watch even more videos of me sleepwalking <laughs> baby cam footage nice baby cam footage um she is watching them again of course and she is thinking again about how in all the videos she has watched she's never actually touched mason so she can't like (laughs) see how she could collate her taking the baby essentially Mm -hmm. um and then she decides to hit play on the next one and of course there she is sleepwalking away but she is picking up mason this time she nopes out of there real quick because she does not want to see what comes next validation station all aboard she's arrived Mm -hmm. okay so then we're getting a little bit of background on ben and isabel's relationship so a month after allison's memorial elizabeth left the grit she went freelance they decided that this way, when they decided to go public, it wouldn't look as bad. <laughs> as bad. So bad. So bad. Oh um, we find out they had a small, intimate wedding less than a year after Allison died. So that's interesting. Too. Oh. Um, we then find out that they had chatted about children. Ben didn't want them because work would always be his priority and he knew he wouldn't be around, which is fair. Um, And she understood and said she felt the same, but she slowly started to rethink that. Suddenly, Ben started losing interest in her, not noticing her anymore in the same way that he had. So she started thinking, this is the worst thought to have. I forgot about this. I forgot about this, Fog. Yes. She started thinking that maybe a baby would force Ben to be at home a little more. Maybe it would help bring them back together. And I just wrote, oh, God, no. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 that no, no, no. Work. And again, this falls into my theory about people who want to have babies needing a license for it, <laughs> which yes. I know is really, really, really shitty, but also like, nah. but maybe she's thinking it would be her chance to make up for the past as well. So she ditches her birth control pills in the toilet and does not tell Ben not cool don't do that don't make like don't don't um and then the day that she found out that she was pregnant the first feeling that she had was a tiny stab of regret yikes (laughs) oh dear this is not this ain't good for her (laughs) no okay it's the next morning and she's like right down to business with Waylon and is saying, asking if they can talk about Dozier's meeting now. 
Um, fucking Waylon tells her that Dozier told him. <laughs> it's a big old game of telephone. It's a telephone game. And that he said I could listen to your tapes <laughs> of the interviews and that he could swing by later. I think you all know what I'm trying to say. But anyways, he could swing by later and pick up these tapes. Um, of course, Isabel's like, knows this is a lie. And she's like, I'll come with you. Sounds like great. That's awesome. I'm so glad you're getting some information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fucking Whalen's does the look you've been nice and all but (laughs) then says that he can't be there anymore and that he's worried he's going to um, damage the integrity of the pod and he doesn't want the podcast to be at risk Um, and essentially Isabel reads between the lines and says of course I'm a suspect and I should be treated as one but Um, you're staying in my house so you're mm-hmm. very impartial. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, of course, Waylon agrees, and that's what he is getting at. And she um, accepts that and then asks him, okay, what's the real reason? I know you're lying. Um, he then comes out and tells her how he feels. And he says, look, you've seen the evidence. Whoever took Mason came from inside the house which is interesting. Um, He says, I know it, you know it, and so do the cops. There was no intruder. Um, So, like, is he accusing her or is he accusing Ben? Anyways. Or is he accusing Roscoe? Oh, not Roscoe. He could never. He could never. What if he sleepwalks too? No, he could never. He's just a baby boy. He's a baby boy, Roscoe. Yeah, true. Um, He answers the question that he knows she knows she wants to ask and that is do you think i killed my son and he says yeah i think you did Ooh. <laughs> i mm-hmm. hope he got his bags mm-hmm. packed like you can't just mm-hmm. say that yeah. to someone and then be like all right so i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> yeah exactly you would yeah yeah you can't say that without being uh. like hey one second let me go pack my bags then we'll finish this conversation <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Isabel realizes that this has been his angle the whole time um, and thought that he was different from everybody else. Of course, she's enraged, tells him to get out, and she realizes what hurts the most is that even getting to know her, um, he still thinks that she is capable of hurting her own son. And worst of all, now Izzy believes it too. Eek. Yikes. So, like, what if, I guess, like, could Waylon be hired by Ben to, like, convince her that she's crazy in, like, a backwards way by, like, doing research and then providing Mm. it for her to see it? Like, could that be a thing Mm. under the guise of a podcast if he, like, paid him, like, an exuberant amount of money? True. That's a, yeah. Yeah, that's Just throwing it out there. Just crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. All right, so Isabel does what any woman in her position would do, and that is ending up on Ben's front steps. (laughs) Obviously. Where else would you go? 
Um, when he answers the door, someone inside asks who's there and he says no one and i hated that i just hated that this is your ex-wife the mother of your missing child and you say no one like i understand Mm -hmm. if you don't get along but that's not no one that's Mm -hmm. someone who's important in your life like Mm -hmm. what the fuck yeah anyway Mm -hmm. isabel tells him that she wants to ask him some questions about that night she wants to know if he's protecting her from something he's obviously like Oh, so over it. Doesn't want to. Um, yeah, he's know, done. He's found his next flame. This. He's ready mm-hmm. to go. Move on. Mm-hmm. And then Valerie shows up, his new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Isabel sees their similarities for real in person right in front of her face. IRL in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Ben says that they have already been acquainted, her and Valerie. And she realizes that she is the girl from the church, from that grief group, the one that she had spoken to. She's the therapist, the one that Isabel didn't want to go and visit when Ben asked her to. (laughs) Fuck. Um, She asked Ben if he moved out because she did something to Mason that she doesn't remember. He tells her that she needs to leave and that whatever she's looking for, she isn't going to find it there. Um, But he also clarifies to her, which I think is interesting because it's a bit of a pattern, that they didn't get together until he was finished therapy, which is like what he did with Isabel, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't get together until she didn't work at the grit anymore. So Mm -hmm. it was like acceptable. Pattern, pattern, pattern. I got my ass by on that. Isabel knows that Ben is right and that she's not going to find what she is looking for at his house. She has to start from the beginning all the way back in Beaufort the night that Margaret died. Um, she know both both Beaufort 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 B E A U. Yeah, I want to say Beau, but I think it's Bo Beaufort. Bo. That would make sense. Beaufort. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Beaufort yeah. for all those Beaufort fans. I said Beaufort first, so I don't know. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> it's that <laughs> it town is. that where the parents live. Um, she can't ignore any like all the signs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows what the evidence says, and um, not only with Margaret but with Mason too. Um, so she's in the car. She's driving home. And we find out that it's actually only an hour away from her, um, which makes it even more strange that she does not have a good close relationship with them. Um, Mm -hmm. So, of course, on her way there, there's a lot of landmarks that she's familiar with. Therefore, there's a lot of memories. Um, So she's feeling like even more worse than she already is yeah um, and when she gets there she just automatically feels the sickness that goes with that property it's like cursed she's like not she don't she don't like it um no she can tell that they are home so she knocks on the door and her dad answers and she asks hey dad mind if i come in Oh, snap. And then we get a big old cliffhanger back in the then. It's been six months without Margaret, and we find out that she had been buried among some of the bravest soldiers because her dad was a veteran and he would end up there someday, too. 
They buried her with her doll, and Isabel couldn't stop thinking about how morbid and pointless it was, which is true, I think. Mm-hmm. Interesting mm-hmm. thought for a child to have anyway. Um, her mother couldn't stop crying, and her father couldn't stop drinking. He retired a few months after the accident. It sounds like her mother had been seeing a therapist who gives her medication, um isabel herself can no longer sleep so that's cool too every time she does sleep she ends up dreaming of margaret and that dream is of them holding hands in the moonlight by the marsh margaret looking up at her with eyes wide trusting and them both together taking steps into the water oh yeah i don't like that at all Mm. so it's a cliffhanger because well, we cliffhanger because we don't even know what he, she's gonna say to her parents what is she gonna say to them is she just gonna be like yo did i kill her or what yeah did i kill margaret and do you think i killed my son too true um, true okay if you were isabel and you slept walk and you found this stuff out like say she it does turn out that she like killed mason mm-hmm. could you live with yourself If I truly knew that I can't even like recover that memory, like, and that that's not me at my core, I think maybe with a lot of therapy, maybe I could come to terms with and like knowing that that's not really me Mm -hmm. and maybe also invest in like some sort of sleep walking therapy and help massively and like whatever tricks I need to do or polarity and lock me in my room from the outside oh yeah yeah Yeah. I don't I don't know man I feel like I feel like what was she eight when Margaret yeah died I feel like as an eight-year-old you're a child so you kind of adapt and you grow Mm -hmm. and as an adult she probably just avoided thinking about it like didn't face it Mm -hmm. but then to have it happen potentially a second time I feel like that'd be mm. too much for me I'd be like yeah. well looks like I deserve to go <laughs> that'd be too much for me to handle okay like, fair, fair, be, fair to be told that I'm a murderer and like I don't even know it fair fair I can see that angle too I don't yeah no I don't know I don't know I don't know I just like nah mm-hmm. I don't like that <laughs> so do you think that whale what like what do you think what do you think happened I feel like she's being set up you think she's being set up by Ben? I feel well, like, or maybe they're perpetuating it, or like, maybe I don't know because I feel like I can't trust Ben, but now I also can't trust Waylon. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I do like that angle that Ashley suggested about Waylon being Allison's brother, mm-hmm. especially when you were retelling me the chapter of the memorial and the brother came out and saw the glass and so i didn't even think Wayland, of that fuck, yes, fuck me up, fam. if that was when it like started then because he would have been suspicious because that would have been really fucking suspicious right true true oh that is good so i am down with that angle could Waylon have set up the disappearance of their child maybe yeah true true who was taking those photos? Like, why was he taking photos of mm-hmm. Isabel? Mm-hmm. But then that's weird, too. Why was he taking photos, like, researching why? Isabel? 
and so not has he been looking into her and Ben because her tie. Ooh. Didn't somebody in the Facebook group say that maybe Allison? Yeah. Or is that what is that what Ashley was saying that Allison is Waylon's sister, mm-hmm. and then he's actually looking into Ben. Right for like like I got eyes on you to see yes. if he did yeah. anything. And he's had eyes on him and has been sus since the beginning. True, but then why were there pictures of Isabel from her, out her whole life? Like, oh, that true, seems weird. True. Yeah. You'd think it would be Ben. It'd be opposite. Like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do I do like that, too. Someone else suggested something. Julian had a theory and was wondering if Waylon is a, like, a brother that they didn't know they had. Like yeah, the dad, because the dad was away a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. Julian, good call. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. he's like investigating the death of his sister, meaning Margaret. And then, oh, expect- yeah, shit. Yeah. That could mm-hmm. be that's good. also because, yeah, that we might that might not be something that we see coming because the dad was just so like kind of background. Um, and upon that theory, Linda, who has finished the book, said nothing is too far-fetched. So I'm curious about what that's supposed to mean. True. And Crystal was also saying she's wondering, like, kind of, I think you kind of mentioned it, but maybe Waylon is the kidnapper and is, like, trying to get his, do, like, a weird, creepy kidnapper thing and, like, get into the family's psyche. True. She, but she's also just suggesting that maybe she did actually do this thing with her baby, and Waylon is a therapist who's been sent there to help her come mm. to terms with it, which mm. is a very wholesome sort of vibe. And yeah. I'm not sure this book is going there. I uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I don't think we're gonna have a happy ending. I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyways, well, I guess we'll find out if there's a happy ending or not next week. I think I will tonight. I think every babe has been a reader of header. I've I gotten some message has, on Instagram yep. that's like, finished it. Yes. Yep. I so was, we're behind yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Rach was like, reader of header this week. I can't blame them though. I'd be a reader of header too. Same. I could, I same, 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 same. Okay. Give it. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.